one of the all-time favorite shows. Welcome to episode 34 of Because You Are Home. Today we are looking into one of my more favorite kind of genres of horror. We're looking into animated horror. And um, so like horror movies can kind of call, come in like all shapes and forms. And as a child in an adult body, I still very much so enjoy watching animated cartoons and animated films. And kind of like what better way to combine that? My love of horror and spend an episode just discussing animated horror movies. Yeah. Uh, I, I just feel like you can't go wrong. It's still like I will always rewatch animated shows that I watched from when I was a child, like X Men, Spider Man, all those kind of like yeah. 90s cartoons. <laughs> James Bond Jr. <laughs> yes. Just all of that stuff that we watch. I remember like when I moved out and I was living with my boyfriend, now husband, and I just decided to like rewatch them all. The whole series and I was like yeah this is brilliant yeah. like 20 minutes I was watching an episode before I go to work I'm like yeah this is this is what being an adult like, is yeah. all about being an adult is the, the uh, it gives you the opportunity mm-hmm. to make a choice yeah I'm choosing you like yeah. it's not just the only thing that's on tv at the time and I'm up at like 9 a.m on a Saturday morning no this is everything I've always wanted yeah but the beauty about animated horror movies, I found, is that in this kind of genre, directors can delve into far-reaching categories of horror that they're still dreaming of being able to show in live-action horror movies. The gore can go as far or as crazy as the heart's desire. Um, you have the kind of likes of, there was a great animated TV show I watched called Attack on Titan. And it's basically about these giant like literally they're giants and and mm. um, they're attacking it's almost like um medieval style fortress of a town and they attack and all they just do is mindlessly eat but it's like the animation of that is it's just bonkers and they're the fight scenes and everything it's great but like i said they did a live action version of it which was very good but you're always going to compare to what can be what you can get away with with the animation yes um and then you have the likes of like the resident evil films again live action ones with Mila Jokovic um first one good and let's stop there um (laughs) just just going to saw it in the cinema I had Slipknot as the theme song it was just everything I always wanted back in 2002 and should have just ended there Mm -hmm. but never mind um but like they also did a few animated films and again I thought the animated films were brilliant now again they went away from the story of the games but it just reminded me more of playing the games than the live action films um also animated horror can kind of go into the seedier side of life there is this j um there was this japanese horror called perfect blue and it went into the darker side of like j-pop and this girl she leaves being in a pop band to become an actress mm-hmm. and uh it's like it she has a stalker and she has like some real super fans and basically when she wants to become an actress there's this scene that they make her do to prove that she can be a serious actress and it's just one where I'd say, I just, it makes me feel like I'm your mom or your sister when I'm saying, never watch it, Grace. Okay. Never watch it. Yes, it's called Perfect Blue. It, it's an old film. It's like from, I think the 90s, 97. And it is just, like, it's brilliant. But just, there is a part where you can see, you could just fast forward it. 
Yeah, I feel like if you're telling me not to watch it, I'm no. just not going to go there. No, but it's it's a very good, it's one of those ones where it is a proper like psychological horror movie, but it's just done through anime. And you're like, it's great that they're not, they're also doing not just far reaching plots in a film. It's yeah. just this film happens to be animated. Mm-hmm. And it, um, but it is, I have to say like, Apart from that, to me, I kind of get why they did it, but it was also unnecessary. But mm, I'm sure it's like, whatever. They they put it in anyway. But apart from that, it was a very good film. Um, you also have like the, we had done it in an episode before, children's animated horror. Like you have your yeah. softer uh, animated horror, like Paranorman, all the Scooby-Doo films, and like obviously our favorite, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. But we've already done an episode on that. So what we're looking into is adult-only films, and not that kind of adult only films. I'm sure I'm sure they exist even in the horror realm, but I didn't go there. Um so like that would be an episode. <laughs> that would that be interesting. Is, yeah. Hey, if we set up a Patreon, we look into that side of it's like we go if anyone's interested, let us know. We turn the whole thing into so it's not even a Patreon, like we just do an OnlyFans dedicated to adult movies that were based on horror there was this hilarious picture i came across and i saved it and i'd love to put it up on her instagram if i can if i'm allowed actually no yeah i found it on instagram it was someone had put up that they think that they watched the wrong version of uh, nightmare on elm street and it was a picture of freddy krueger with his um glove but on top of every uh instead of a blade it's five dildos nice and i was like whoa I was like yeah that's that's not the normal one but it was like from the set so hilarious yeah if I can find it I will put it up and be like yeah stay tuned guys if you pay a certain amount we'll be talking about because you're home only that yeah oh yeah times are tough man we need to start getting in that extra money yeah we can't monetize on anchor because of uh, because we're in Ireland so you know this is one way Flip and reverse it, yeah. <laughs> Just like I'm sure they did in the film. Flip yes. and reverse it, yeah. Yes. Um, so as I was mentioning that there are, like a lot of the films I was talking about uh, for the animated horror films are kind of in the more Asian anime vein. And it's kind of because yeah. I'm focusing a lot on that because they that's my favorite genre for um, animated horror films um their themes are dark and as physical humans are not acting at the scenes it seems that the writers and directors can push the characters beyond their limit and the results are some of the craziest films i've ever watched so it's no surprise that my choice for this episode was an asian film and it was vampire hunter d which was made in 1985 and then i liked it so much i decided to watch the sequel vampire hunter d bloodlust on youtube straight afterwards um so two kind of a good films. movie then um, it was the first one I thought was very good. The second, okay. um, but yeah, yeah. So, and what did you look into for your animated horror film? I watched Soul Station. So again, um, it's an Asian movie, but South Korean. So um, yeah, mm. it's a zombie movie. It's the prequel to uh, Train to Busan. So, um, and just for anyone else who's out listening, I wanted to watch that film so much that when I, because we are, spoiler queens we are. I was like I had to watch it yeah we're recording this episode later than we had planned so I could watch it yeah and I kind of felt 
that you needed to because I could absolutely yes. give a kind of overview of the movie but for us to like properly talk about it because I had texted Emer and I was like oh my god there's one bit gasp and she was like right, yeah. I'm ha- gonna have to watch it have to. I was like, like I either leave the room to... or <laughs> yeah. Grace is talking one-sidedly about this episode yeah. and I was like I, I was like I, I suppose we could do that and then I was like it's gonna be very strange though um <laughs> but just splice in some of my replies from all the old episodes absolutely absolutely <laughs> <laughs> we're like so this happened and be like yeah that bit where you're running Carrie did this and it's like what I remember when that happened no, it's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if anyone is listening who hasn't seen it who wants to watch it go watch it now um, and come back because well, I found it on YouTube. It's two ninety nine to um, rent it. It's one hundred percent worth the money. Um, yeah, I would. I would highly recommend. Mm. So again, when I got Vampire Hunter D, I found that on YouTube, and again, I also found its sequel. So a lot, of, I think, because Vampire Hunter D was from nineteen eighty five, it mm. was also quite easy to find. And Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust was from I think two thousand ninety nine or two thousand. Um, so with Vampire Hunter like, D, 2099, that hasn't even happened yet. Speaking of years that haven't even happened yet. So this film is based in the year 12,090. Ooh. So you might say that, yes, it's in the not, not too distant future, but distant, distant future. That's because I love the way. <laughs> yes, because I love that about, um, not even horror movies, sorry, uh, films that are filmed in the 80s, I find, if they want to, like, it's in the future, and it's 2005 or 2010. Yeah. Like that thing with um, Back to the Future, the sequel, when it was in 2015, I think, and mm-hmm. people were like, there's no goddamn hoverboards. Um, and so this Prince sang that we were going to party like it was 1999. And then Will Smith very cleverly put it into his mo- his song and was like, hold up, it is. And it was just hey. lyrically genius. Lyrically well, that's genius. Will Smith for you. He he's, really. He's a god amongst men. God, yeah. God, yeah. If he just wasn't a part of Scientology, it'd be just so much better. Well, to be honest, that's more of a pull to me because I'm kind of like close to a cult. <laughs> that is. That yeah. really, really is. Uh, oh, Gracie. And I'm fully aware that, yes, it's absolutely horrendous and cults are terrible and they're toxic. And I realized that, yeah. yes, 100%, I won't be going to one. And me making a joke that probably isn't the most. Um, oh, come on. We're here to have a bit of crack. It's a exactly. pandemic. Times are tough. You get your laughs where you can. Exactly. And I'm pliable. We know this. So. Also, I think we could start a cult that's based on some form of comedy we could actually start a cult right that the whole premise of the cult is to make sure that i don't end up in a cult mm, the cult of anti-cult yes mm-hmm. yeah and we can do the whole ac <laughs> so it'd be like antichrist and we'd be like no it's anti-cult <laughs> yeah. yeah and then it's just like cult circle around it line through it go we're anti-cult yo yeah, yeah. Instead of long flowing white gowns, it's long flowing black gowns. Yes. I think I have a few already. Yeah. Let's start this. I think this could be great. So hit us up with anyone. Join our anti-cult. Just send $500. (laughs) Or euros or sterling. Yeah. You know. I will take any. We're not picky. Yep. 
I see this working out well. The start That's of great. the anticult. Yeah. yeah. And it's Save Our Gracie. <laughs> Yay. I shall be its magnanimous leader. Is it this set? Like I have plans. If we can't get this podcast off the ground, we'll do a cult. So that can be in our version of the near distant future and in Vampire Hunter D's version of the much distant future of the year 12,090. I love that. I think it's so far into the future that they're like, like, we can do whatever we want because so much time has passed by. So there was a battle between humans and vampires and demons kind of thing. And the humans lost so it's not necessarily that they're subjugated to vampires and demons but it's just that they have to kind of at this stage they're living alongside with them but the vampires own a lot of land and the scene kind of opens with a girl on the hunt and as it's 80s anime she is wearing a ridiculously small amount of clothes mm-hmm. um it's almost just like someone had already slapped at her clothes but that's it that's her clothes i'm like oh okay. really Really progressive. Um, so she is trying to battle with a demon that is on her farm. It's very actually, it's very agrarian, uh, very farmyard work. Uh, and it's also got like a Western vibe um, in some of the scenes in the town. So it's funny. It's like it's 10,000 years into the future. Mm -hmm. it's gone back so possibly maybe like this is based off of a novel so I wonder if they went into it in more detail in the novel if it's you know humans end up having to start back from scratch with civilization and that's why they're only in this stage but whatever I I got that kind of vibe it was like it's stylistically beautiful it's a gorgeous film even for like I love watching 80s anime because it's like they have the sound effects are brilliant it's very and (laughs) even just the sound of like metal it's like it's just an extra and I just you don't get that in modern anime anymore and I just Mm -hmm. I do love 80s anime um so this girl uh oh yeah her name is Doris and I'm like wow it's an anime it's yeah Doris Doris is that hunting a demon um I just what a name Doris Doris I love it I love those names those kind of names I always think it's really funny like what do you say when like you know you're like this is my baby it's my baby Doris and then I always think as well like I have two names that I really want for a baby that Warren has just vetoed he's like absolutely not right so I want Bertha and I want (laughs) Bertha and something like Doris as well but like, oh, so God. I imagine that Bertha is going to be one of those real Bonnie babies. So she'd be called Bertha the Buddha baby. Okay. Cause yeah, I wasn't sure if I could say, cause we've got like, we have some neighbors that we don't like. And one of the women is very loud and very big. So we don't know her name and we call her big Bertha. And if I ever get introduced, I'm like, hey, Bertha, no, that's not your name. No, that's not your name. No. But so I'm sorry, but if you like, I'm going to have to start at Warren because now I can only imagine Bertha has to be big. It's oh no, Bertha. but that's it. like she's and, and like you're just like, what's your baby called? It's Bertha. What's your baby called? It's Doris. Like Bertha and Doris. You need to have twins. Born. They're born old. old. Yeah. Old and, and big. Some, they're born into their names. Some names work well. That like my sister, my nephew is called Frank, and we call mm. him baby Frank because it's amazing. Because he's like frank the baby it's great so yeah. like 
on that same vein, birth of yeah. a baby. I do like how old names are coming back. Like you have mm-hmm. Betsy and all that sort of stuff are coming back That's as names. Very cute. Yeah. Um, Betsy could also be a big baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could work. So here like, we- I was a bonnie baby. So like, you know, fair geez. And I'm a bonnie girl. Like I could be a Bertha right now. It's all good. Yeah. No, we're unbirthing ourselves. <laughs> We're going to be rebirthed. After yeah, rebirthed. That's when the diet goes out the window. I have rebirthed. Yes. Um, I have rebirthed many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yo-yo of the birthday. Um, so I'm going to go back to Doris here. And every time I heard her name, I was like, I need it to be done in a Yorkshire accent or a Skyser accent. I was like, it's Doris or it's, mm-hmm. oh, there's trouble up in the farm, Doris. There's a demon trying to kill your dog. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I won't do that for the whole thing. But anyway, so Doris is basically trying to slay a demon that's on her turf. But basically she ends up like they have all these like high tech kind of lasers and protection, like security or perimeters around their field to keep demons of all shapes and sizes and vampires off their land um, so that they can survive. But anyway, she has accidentally gone into the land of Count Magnus Lee. And he's a very old vampire and he just opens, he looked like a flasher. He just opened his cloak and it, it, nothing happens. But suddenly then she's got wearing a choker the next day and everyone's like, you got bit. And I'm like, we didn't see that. It's just, you just have to presume like she's just looking at him, you know, he's so he big red eyes and she was totally transfixed. And that's kind of where the scene cuts. And then it goes to the next day talking, but she's been bit. And she only has a few days before she turns. So there are such things as vampire hunters and she pays for the service of vampire hunter D and he's called D because he's what's known as a dampier, which Mm -hmm. is, he's, it's like Blade, he's half vampire. So it was a vampire father and a human mother. So he has all the strengths and the powers. And so he hates vampires though. So he uses it to kill the vampires. And all these vampires come from a noble line. They're very hoity. Um, there's one, there's Magnus's daughter. Um, is She's very, her name is Ramika. And she is very like, oh, you know, we are purebred and no one can join. Like you can't pollute the line with human because Magnus now wants to marry Doris and have her as his plaything because once he tasted her blood, he was like, it's the sweetest blood ever. She must be mine. And she should have come to me already. So I, he sends demons to the houses, to, to her house to try and, and steal her back. Yeah. But she now has D with her. So there was one of the things with the translation I found, like um, Magnus's daughter, Ramica was called Lamica. Um, and they also, <laughs> yeah, Dam, Dampier was mispronounced as Dunpeel. And in Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, he's called a Dunpeel in the entire throughout the entire film. It's like they're taking the bad translation in the English one, in the dubbed one, and running with it. Maybe that's um, just his name. No, well, yeah, well, the D, but he's they say it in the first film in the start that he's a Dampier. And I have actually heard of that term in stories that it's a half vampire, half human as a Dampier. Um, but anyway, so Doris is then trying to get 
supply she goes into the town and the son of the mayor of the town a sleazy guy called greco uh he's had the hots for Doris, and he's like why did you have to get a hunter i'd kill this vampire for you but you know if you give me a you pay your price basically he's such a sleaze but anyway Doris like kicks him in the balls and um but so greco's trying to get her kicked out of the town to this place they call the asylum where 50 years ago the last time this happened the vampire like killed loads of people in the town because his woman got put into this asylum so you can maybe see like every 50 years a vampire picks a woman he wants as his plaything and so they don't put her into the asylum she manages to stay in the house but everyone in the town is afraid of her Uh, so there's such a thing in coming up called the sanguine moon or moon of women and no vampires can attack her during that so that's why Magnus sends out all his he sends out his daughter and he sends out another henchman uh, to try and get her back and of course D protects her manages there's fights and like it's great scenes the um, the fight scenes yeah Um, and then there is also a scene where Ramika is speaking to her father and like I said she is extremely hoity and she's like you can't have these filthy humans like diluting her blood you can't have any children with her you can't marry her and she's like so annoyed she's like I'm going to kill her myself so that my father can't have her um and I was getting like throughout the film uh Dee goes into Magnus's castle and and he's trapped with these three headed snake women and they were called the snake women of Midwich and I was getting the vibe of the writer being very influenced by old vampire tales, like the three brides. They remind me of the three brides from Dracula's castle, and yeah. Midwich was the town in Children of the in Village of the Damned. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, and I was like, wow, they're just getting all the vibes from old British horror. Um, so whilst Dee is trapped in the castle, um, Magnus sends his henchmen to go off and steal uh, Doris. I still, I still just Doris. Doris. Like there's Ramika, Rengise, um, and then Doris. So just. It's a solid name, Emer. Yeah, I know. Solid woman, solid name. Um, So. (laughs) (laughs) Solid women are. Hey, hey, hey. The backbone of this society. You leave them. I was called, I was once called sturdy. Mm-hmm. and that was meant to be a compliment from a man and I once came across sorry this is a random thing um my grandmother on my dad's side writing like a pen pal to a German during the, the 50s or 60s um and she never met this man but he was like saying you're solid like a brick like I think he was meant to be saying that she was stable and a good woman but like I that's always stuck in my head that the guy wrote her and it's like you're solid like a brick it is that's romance sadly she was already married to my grandfather at the time so being a sturdy brick she just couldn't run away on him I don't know cemented to the house she was cemented (laughs) yeah cemented in her love anyway who's not cemented is Doris Doris got taken into the castle and so the Magnus is trying to tell her going I had to take you you didn't come to me but your blood is so sweet and you're going to become my bride and Doris is fighting him the whole way she's like you won't get me uh Dee's gonna come rescue me and he's like oh he's gonna come rescue eh well he's with my hydra bride um so they're like rubbing up the snakes are like rubbing up against him trying to take his energy but because he's a dampier and half obviously half vampire he has more strength than they do so he ends up attacking back killing them 
and then he manages to go and rescue Doris and they escape and then again it kind of hits back to later on that Ramika tries to kill she lures um Doris out with there's a friend who's a doctor but she turns him into a vampire and so they're trying to be to go off to somewhere safer and oh yes sorry because uh, Magnus steals Doris's younger brother yeah and so of course it's all just she's going to try and get her brother and D goes off to actually get the brother he fights and kills a henchman and so it's very much so she keeps getting taken back so it, it ends up to the stage where he has her and he had Magnus has her Magnus has her hypnotized um but prior to that I think Ramika tried to kill her but Doris was like I don't want this you must yeah. understand I don't care if you think I'm a filthy half-blood I don't even want this. <laughs> this isn't this isn't really where I'm I'm not manifesting at night for this. Yeah. Like you guys keep coming to steal me. Doesn't that not give you the vibe that I don't want to go back there? <laughs> um so then Ramika's like, oh, I won't kill you. And then she won't kill them. So they're kind of like a bit of a we'll just be leave it that we'll not touch each other. And then um Magnus is like he gets really pissed off at Ramika and you think he's going to kill her but he doesn't but he tells Ramika that her own mother was human and she's a filthy half-blood and that she's not the pure blood that she thinks she is and that just makes her lose her mind <laughs> um so then yeah she's like fuck it yeah she's just like no 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 she goes I'm pure blood I'm pure and they keep talking about to their ancient ancestor who who they actually name as being Dracula so he is their, their prophesized kind of patient zero of the vampires. He is their, he's their Shauna. He's the one that holds them all together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, Magnus has Doris. They're about to get married. And then D comes in for one final attack. And he's using all his powers against, because Magnus is like old. So he's an old school vampire. He's got all the strength and the power of being alive for 10,000 years. But D fights with him and he's like, yes, but he ends up saying that his father was the great ancestor Dracula. So he's even older. And he's like royalty. Yes. And he has the strength from their ancestor. So he manages to uh, stake Magnus through the heart and then Doris manages to get out of the being under the spell but like Ramika like the, the whole castle then starts to basically break up and Ramika's like Dee's telling her you're you know your mother was human you're not pure blood you don't have to stay with the castle because she's like the ancestor would you know son of the ancestor mm-hmm. what do you want me to do and he's like you are your own person you don't have to stay here and she's still so determined to be noble blood that she walks into the crumbling castle and dies yeah. And then, uh, like, there's this whole vibe of Doris is very attracted to D, and she mm-hmm. wants to get that D. But um, <laughs> he, I see what he, you did there. Thank you. And I also forgot to mention one fucking bizarre part about this film, which I'm sure if I read the novel, it'd make more sense. He's got some sort of like a demon parasite in his hand. So his hand is talking to him. It's a, a fully fledged face on his hand. Yeah. Um, that's yeah talks to him and does has powers of its own but the hand keeps down going oh why don't you just get with you know why don't she's offering herself out to you uh, or why don't you bite her because she's like no you can bite me you're the one who I'll allow to bite me 
So you think that maybe they might get together at the end, but at the end of the film, like he rides off to go do more vampire hunting business and Doris and her brother just wave him off and we're like, bye, see ya. Um, yeah. And so, but I know I've probably not done the plot justice, and but I'd highly recommend that people watch it. But I went immediately then to go watch the sequel. And I have to say the animation is obviously so much more cleaner. It's, it's obviously polished more because it's done in the year 2000. But the plot is another one of like, a royal woman has been taken by a vampire. He has to go find the, you know, and she, you know, he has to go find the woman, rescue her or kill her humanely if she's been bitten. But at this time, the vampire and the woman are actually in love. Oh, okay. And they're, they're trying to have a life together and everyone is stopping them because everyone is presuming that the woman doesn't want to be there. And even when she's like, no, I really want to be here. And this vampire really loves me. He's not manipulating me. They won't. There's like two. There's another bounty hunter uh, group trying to get her as well as D. And it's all just because they want the money that they don't care that they're taking her away from her love. So it's that's the plot of it. And I have to say, plot wise, it's not as strong as the first one, but it's visually better looking obviously because it's just more up to date. Um, But when I was looking up about Vampire Hunter D, it's written by Hideyuki Kikuchi, apologies. Um, So he wrote the novels and his influence in this was more of a hammer horror kind of universe and the Dracula stories through that. So that's why you'll have Count Magnus Lee, Christopher Lee, who yeah. was playing Dracula in the Hammerhead. That's the what I got from it. Um, so instead of like, so that was kind of you. That's why I kept getting all the Bram Stoker vibes um, and just true story. And the guy kind of looked. He was not as tall and slim as, but his face was a little bit like Christopher Lee. Um, so yeah, it was very interesting just to see that that's where he got his, his one of the main influences from. Yeah, that's very cool, isn't it? I have yeah, like it was a great film, um, but I have to say the sequel. Like I mean, watched the sequel, but I just thought story wise that the first one was so much better. It didn't hold um, up as well. No, no, um, it was more style than substance. But um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. They're both an hour and a half long each and they're both on YouTube. Uh, so if anyone is a fan of vampires and anime, put the two together and, you know, you've got a good few films to watch. That's good. Yeah, I think I'll go back and watch them. Hmm, it's sure. just, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, kind of like it's not crazy thinking films. It's just put them on and enjoy yourself. Nice. Nice yeah when I was looking up again I think it's it's hard to find because if you put in like horror cartoons they do mm-hmm. bring up all the kids stuff and even when you put in adult stuff it's you know it is difficult to find but before yeah. I get into my my movie actually there was one thing that I noticed when I was on um Instagram mm-hmm. before so there was this like sponsored ad that kept coming up mm-hmm. and it was for a music video and um, it was this guy running through, it was like a skeleton um, head on a body and he's running through a graveyard and it's this really cool kind of animated, dark kind of uh, cartoon and it's by the Ghost Club. So um, it's a musician, um, the creative alias of Dominic Dugan and 
it's brilliant and the the song is called same graves and have a look at it on uh youtube it kind of reminds me of a couple of like those spooky kind of macabre like um cartoons that would have been out when we were younger um Mm -hmm. and you have the very much kind of um you'll you'll know when you watch it exactly what I'm kind of referencing to and the song is an absolutely brilliant song it's very kind of like um the gorillas it's very cool oh yeah Yeah. oh no that sounds brilliant yeah it's really good and he has another video as well where he's like in this haunted mansion and it gives all the um people at the end it gives a wee credit so it's five Mm. minutes that one's just under five minutes um and again the song is absolutely brilliant but um yeah same graves check it out on YouTube. Um, it is, yeah, it's class. It's really good. And it just kept coming up on my um, on my feed. And then when we were talking about this, I was like, oh my God, I'll definitely have a look. Um, and it's really cool. It's these two little menacing uh, ghosts come around and they chase this skeleton. And um, <laughs> the whole thing is like, you know, there's actually no class system in death. In the end, oh. we're all sharing the same grave. So yeah. ah. very cool. It's very cool. And the song is unreal. It's a bop. Um, but nice. yes, it's brilliant. Um, so we had a look at those uh today, and I um yeah, we even Warren came in and was like, What are you listening to? That's class. Like, so mm. I highly recommend looking that up. But for the um for today, the kind of one of the biggest ones that kept coming up as, as a suggestion when I was looking up um like horror movies that are animated was the South Korean zombie movie Soul Station Mm. Um, and again I've kind of spoken about a few times that zombie movies aren't really my thing Um, I think yeah they're just not as my thing as other things are so I started to watch this Um, it is um, it's very similar to anime in a way uh, that it's like styled um Mm -hmm. I looked it up and I was trying to figure out there is a a, there is a word for Korean um animation as well okay um so it it, I couldn't find out whether or not it was anime or it was um the the Korean style but it's like visually stunning it's absolutely Mm -hmm. beautiful um when I was younger (laughs) I was obsessed with this um, version of Little Women that was an anime. It was really bizarre um, and absolutely obsessed with it. Um, it actually, I think, triggers Virginia because I watched it on repeat. Um, <laughs> so I've always loved kind of the visual, um, the way that this anime is kind of style. I absolutely love it. So when I turned this on I was like oh this is so lovely and then it turns into this like you know horrific movie um, it's, it's like horrible so basically there is it starts off with this old man walking through um a crowded area and he's holding on to his neck he has blood all over him um somebody is like oh we should go and check is he okay they go up they're close enough to him to smell him they realize that he's homeless and we were talking about this before we started recording and there seems to be very much a kind of theme and feeling that the homeless um people in South Korea in Seoul just aren't in any way 
thought they're like parasites to them that's exactly it like it's and it's definitely portrayed this way in this movie yeah a hundred percent so he basically your man covers his nose and he walks up and his friend is like what happened he was like oh he's homeless and they were kind of like oh it would have helped him if he was normal but he's homeless it's fine he's grand so he goes to the station and um he sits down and there's another homeless man and he's walking around and he's trying to do stuff and he's getting kicked out of the station because it's coming to the time that he shouldn't be in there. And then he goes and he finds his friend and he realizes that there's something really wrong. So it he tries to find somebody to help um, again nobody's willing to help because Mm. he's homeless the person that he's looking after is homeless as well so people really don't give a shit then it kind of goes over to this other story where there's a young girl and she wakes up her boyfriend has left the house that they share the apartment and she comes out to try and find him the landlord is like where is the money you never pay the money I thought it was really funny that there was bad language in a cartoon I was like horror Mm -hmm. fine bad language (laughs) lol Um, this is beyond the pale yeah I was like oh my gosh they said fucking South Korean and in animation (laughs) and (laughs) So she finds her boyfriend at um at the uh, the their internet cafe. Yes, uh, they find at the internet cafe, and it turns out that he's actually pimping her out. It's the only way that they can get some money, um, and she understandably unsuitable. Oh, like yeah. get the fuck up, you piece of shit. And yeah. she's all like, oh my God, we're in public. <laughs> Don't embarrass So embarrassing. Yeah, I was like, oh. You're literally selling her. She can embarrass mm-hmm. you all she wants. Oh, so yeah. uh, they go out. It transpires that he actually, um, like, air quotes, saved her from a uh, brothel before. And, like, he's her knight in shining armor. He's a real Richard Gear. Oh, God. And, like, he's like, if I want to sell you. No. Like, at one stage, he actually turns around and says, oh, is your body that precious? And I was like, piece of shit. Yeah. It was like, I was like. I just wanted him to die so oh, quickly. So quickly and so horrifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he leaves her because he then turns it around quite mm-hmm. perfectly, as many gaslighters do and many toxic people in relationships do and he turns it around and he's like no you're a piece of shit because you won't do this and yeah. I'm out and this is it I'm, you're on your own you're on your you're own. homeless before you'll be homeless again yeah and I don't care mm-hmm. and uh, she starts to cry and she's like I'm so sorry daddy and you're like oh. so mm. she walks this it cuts to this fairly wealthy appearing man in a very nice apartment and uh, he gets a phone call and the other person on the call is saying we found her um it seems that she is selling herself and the next scene goes to i know i'm going very much into detail but this kind of has to be yes it leads up to everything that happens it goes to the next scene where the boyfriend is meeting uh, this man and he's like you know oh she's in the motel we'll be back in a minute we'll bring her and uh, the man turns around and he's like I'm her father where the fuck is she and um at this stage the the friend has been trying to find somebody to help the dying homeless man and he goes back and he realizes he's he's dead so he's like really sad and really upset and he Mm. goes into the um the people in the control station he's like 
my friend has died because of you because you wouldn't listen to me and they genuinely are like oh god right okay we'll with go. another 10 20 let's go. go so they go and they they go to look for him and he's gone and there's blood on the floor and they're like go away you're wasting our time mm-hmm. so he goes and he tries to find his friend and he does find him uh, but he has uh, transformed into a zombie so he is now the undead um, mm-hmm. and he's eating somebody so now within this whole place of soul station where people and I was I actually googled it I was like can homeless people go to soul station this is actually mm. a thing because at one stage one of the homeless people goes up to like a big advertisement and he pulls out the poster and he takes out a blanket so mm-hmm. it is actually somewhere that has been set up and I think oh, in reality there is like there at least it's got a roof over their head showers and stuff no the thing is like in this they're pretty much like treated like vermin like they're oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. um so she goes down into the soul station because obviously she knows this is somewhere that she'll be able to stay. And she's walking around and she notices that people start to run um, towards her and they're just like, get out, get out, whatever way you can. And the poor girl is in like these pair of platform sandals, wedge sandals. Yeah. So she's running. Great and running I, gear. I thought it was really well done because I was like in an animation, like you're kind of like, do they need to stay to the to the reality that running in a pair of wedge heels mm. is probably not going to be the most, like... <laughs> yeah, she could be gliding, she could be sprinting. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it's animation. But she was slower and you could mm-hmm. tell that these were actually hindering her. So it goes into the whole, um, there is now this zombie like pandemic or epidemic happening and like people are being bitten everywhere and everybody's like um turning so they run um a a few of the survivors get out of soul station they run to the police station they go in again the police cannot give a shit because they're homeless and um they're they're like get out get out and they can see they can see the zombies through the window and they're more of you trash just get out i don't care if you're having a fight join your friends and your man is like one of them is like this isn't this isn't what's happening. Can you not see that they're all veiny, like there's blood all over them? Like they don't, don't look right. They don't look right. So they they end up um, it, it, oh, all hell breaks loose, and mm. um, she gets away with one man as well and they they get away so the boyfriend is trying to ring her the whole way through because obviously this has gone beyond just her area it is the whole way through the town the city Mm -hmm. and she is with he is with her father so she gets into an ambulance and she rings them back and she's like he's like I'm here with your dad like we're here together and she's like it's this lovely moment where she's like oh my god my dad's here to to help so the whole story is then trying to get them to get back together and um it's the boyfriend and the dad and her and this homeless man so they have um they're staying put but then obviously they can't because of the zombies you know there's a big military um there's blockade big, or something yeah there. so they go to another train station um and then there's this big military and block as you say 
and there's loads of people in an area and um again not all homeless some homeless um but it's very much taken that they are homeless and they just don't care mm. like one man actually gets up and t- it like makes a speech and is like I don't deserve to die here I've worked for my country I'm not like you you're all terrible people because you're homeless mm-hmm. and um the homeless man gets up and he's like no that's that's not true like I've worked all my life and then one Mm -hmm. thing happened and I ended up homeless and you're so close to this one thing happening and you ending up on the streets and it didn't matter that I worked my entire life for this country they don't care about any of us homeless Mm -hmm. or not homeless as long as you're working for them they care the minute you can't they don't care so he stands up and, and that means so much around I have to yeah like I found that that point resonated with me that that's how yes. they feel like with anybody around the world it's not even just a Korean thing absolutely yeah once you're valuable but then do you know like what your your one paycheck or your one lose your place yeah yeah mm. and, you know your one bad decision bad mistake yeah absolutely and like you see what was I I was watching some true crime thing the last day um oh it was on Netflix um why did you kill me and one of the guys mm-hmm. one of the policemen was chatting to your man and he was like look everyone makes mistakes like everyone in the world makes mistakes he was like just your mistake was a lot worse than most people make (laughs) and he was kind of like like levels of mistakes are made every day Mm -hmm. and it was we're human yeah and this is what he was saying he was like we're all one step away from being Mm. where I am right now where he is yeah yeah so the dad and the boyfriend are trying to get through on the other side of the blockade and he, the boyfriend is like, my my girlfriend is in there. Now put a pin in that part. So he's going to like, my girlfriend's in there. Um, the, the cop is like, I don't give a shit. Um, and then this kind of level-headed cop comes over and he's like, look, this is actually beyond us. This is beyond you. This is beyond me. Like this could go to martial law. I can't let mm-hmm. you through there. And he turns around and he's like, just go home and watch this on the TV. There's nothing that can be done. And the dad like attacks them. And then they're all like, you know, we'll kill you. And then the policeman's like, look, I kind of understand why he's so pissed off, but still there's nothing we can do. Just go away. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing that can be done. Um, so the the guy that she got away with actually um turns he goes up and he's like I'm going to try and get across this back blockade and he gets he gets shot but there is a group of young guys very limes you know on the yeah on the barricades and kind of the top yeah yeah yeah. um they're very much like can you hear the people saying kind of thing and they're beating (laughs) away the zombies um but like an influx of zombies comes and um they um they all get eaten and stuff bar one yeah it's like military shooting on one side and zombies coming at you from the other side it's terrifying yeah and at one point the dad turns around it's like are you actually just going to let all of these normal people die and they're kind of like yeah look it is what it is like 
And that's what you said, like they just presume that they're all homeless, but it's just anyone who happened to survive the terrible stuff that's happening. And you just happen to be out in the streets later yeah. at night. You, like you could have been at a bar or at a restaurant. And I think the whole Coming home from work. Where the dad is even like, he hasn't even put it that they are homeless or they're not homeless. He's just like, these are just they people just who aren't in. affected. Like, yeah. And so one of the guys does get away and he, uh, he kind of gets his ladder up and he like, it like kind of monkey bars across um, mm-hmm. a big wire and she notices this so she gets up and she does the same but she doesn't make it the whole way over he he helps her she gets scratched and um she she gets away and she ends up in this apartment the boyfriend finds her it's all lovely he's like your mm-hmm. dad is here she's like oh my god we're saved now still there's fucking zombies everywhere so you know mm-hmm. and this is the part where it went from a zombie movie that obviously was very different because it was am- animated but that being the main difference really like mm-hmm. it, it it was very similar to many zombie oh there's zombie movie yeah um, <laughs> to being absolutely like I, when I text you, I was like, there's one bit where your jaws, my jaw dropped and yeah. you were texting me and you're like, I've gotten to the bit where he's looking for her in the hospital. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And ah. then you just text me another thing and I was like, oh my God. Boom. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to know about this, skip this part, but because we have both seen this and we need to discuss it, Spoiler alert. We're lashing through it, people. Door swings open. You're like, Daddy. And then she looks at him and she's like, That's not my dad. And I was like, (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, I was just like, Oh my God. And then he goes insane. Mm -hmm. So the boyfriend looks at her and she's like, he's my pimp. Like, Mm, Because she worked in a brothel before. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was saying that she worked in a brothel because she ran away from home or something. Yes. So he's like, give me my money, bitch. And like, (sighs) really, like the language is Mm, incredible. mm -hmm. And he's like, she took money from me and then she ran away and all this stuff. And it is like I was like oh my god and it was it was a slow paced movie in the yes. sense that in the sense of them trying I mean, to find each other yeah do you know what I mean that that's what that movie was and then it just switched gears and you're like holy god the um, film snorted a line of cocaine and went oh, batshit crazy it just went bananas um so the boyfriend's trying to defend the girlfriend um, and <laughs> his throat is slashed. Mm-hmm. Like she finally does something good in yeah, the film and at gets that killed stage, for I was like, oh God, oh. And she's screaming in the corner. Now, because it was an animation, I was like, imagine how weird it is just like standing in the studio recording those guttural screams I was like that's bizarre and at that stage I was kind of like because when I was saying about putting the pin in the my girlfriend at the cross Mm -hmm. there I thought it was really weird that he didn't turn around and go my daughter's in there yeah that's his girlfriend my child is yeah he he didn't stress that he didn't say it at all and I was like 
Oh, that's really weird. What is? Oh yeah, and that? when he turned up, he's been the pimp. Yeah, he was like, "They're all I'm. I'm everyone's dad. I'm everyone's Call dad. me dad." Uh, yeah. When when they're when I'm their pimp, and I was like, Ugh. "Yeah, it was a lot." But so he she runs and she hides and he's like he's following her and it's like he's like oh um when I found out you ran away I went to your house and um I was trying to get the money I basically went to your house and was like your daughter took money from me you owe me this money and I try your dad said he needed a week and I stupidly said yes and it's just so good like mm-hmm. you forget that you're like it's a cartoon yeah <laughs> but it's so so good then it gets she he finds her it gets very seedy there mm-hmm. is an attempted assault um and then he turns around and he's like oh my god he realizes that she's not moving mm-hmm. and he's like he then turns around and he's like, baby, baby, please don't die. Please don't die. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like totally in love with her. Oh, he's secretly loves her. Yeah. And then he goes, don't die before you can pay me back, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, bastard. And he's like looking at her face and all this stuff. And then he looks down. And I remember when she got scratched. I actually yeah. turned around to her and I was like, I wonder if the little scratch will do anything. Yeah. Because she if wasn't it's not there. a bite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, is something going to happen? And you see all the veins around the mm-hmm. bite. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to turn into a zombie. And then you hear the kind of like, oh. Growling um, almost. Yeah. The way this is animated and done, mm-hmm. like he falls off the bed she jumps on him the light comes down the lighting then changes mm-hmm. and it's all the shadows and you're just like yes Richard like, bite his dick off I actually said that <laughs> <laughs> I was like eat his face chomp his dick <laughs> this is amazing like, yeah <laughs> it's never felt so good to see a zombie kill someone like never I am um, and it just went from an average zombie movie, which if you love zombie movies, 100% watch it because it's mm. fantastic, um, to, I think, like, one of my top zombie movies now. I just yes. it went from, it was just brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. It was done by the same director as Train to Busan. It's the prequel. It came out in 2016. It w- I think it came out like six months maybe after Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I... Really- I prefer it to Train to Busan. I haven't seen Train to Busan, but you were saying that. Yeah, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, 100%. I'm so really glad hope, I got to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really hope that people actually did go and watch it before listening to the rest of this, mm-hmm. because I think it's the type of thing that, to be honest, I don't think either of us could have watched this movie and not discussed it properly. Mm-hmm. And also, once you know that he's not her dad, he's her pimp, <gasps> you would look, it would ruin the climax and also you would be waiting for the part where he and I'm like now that you know like when he has such 
like he has such rage issues when he is like mm-hmm. attacking people like he knows how to defend himself with the top of mm-hmm. the top lid of a toilet like of yeah the cistern. like he like and he can he's like weapon 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 where's your weapons like he can go straight to there he knows how to yeah. fight he knows how to defend himself and you're like I thought I really thought like he was gonna be some army guy and like was he military yeah yeah that's yeah, exactly yeah. what I was thinking and we're like oh no you're just an angry pimp you're like of course everything's going to be a weapon for you and then I was like oh then you just go back to everything it's like we found her and it's like oh god they were looking for her and just yeah like he was he was looking for her everywhere uh, he had someone find he had someone mm-hmm. also looking for her which like, I don't know it's such a badass like he's such like he's so high yeah that he had people employed to find this girl but as well it must have been so personal that he mm. wanted to get her himself yes. either she took yeah. such a substantial amount of money or she mm-hmm. was like his number one girl or yeah. like that he always wanted her himself <clears throat> or yeah. something like that yeah. um yeah it was oh it, it is it's once you know that you can like look back on it and you might even watch it a second time knowing it and looking for the intricacies yourself yeah but if you I actually watched, think it will be worth the second watch knowing that yeah but if you watch it for the first time, knowing that, I mean, yeah, like it's still going to be fantastic, but it's, yeah, if you watch that afterwards, like like I said, it's still going to be a great watch, but I don't know. I just feel like as if the, the huge linchpin, the center of that film has just been taken away from you. Yeah. Um, so hopefully people are listening to this after they've seen it. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it just... It, and it was so funny because I, when I had said to you, there's there is something that you need to see in it, and I was kind of like, because it's so close to the end, I was like, Sam was like, what was she talking about until yeah. it happened? I was like, this is your standard meat and two veg zombie movie. What, yes. what what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a hundred percent. That's exactly that's the best description of it. Mm. And then I, now I'm not giving anything away with Train to Busan, um, but I was saying to Grace that I thought that the big surprise part was that um, that girl was going to become the first bitten person in Train to Busan, which opens the film. Um, And who gets onto the train and infects everyone on the train. If anyone's seen the trailer, they obviously know enough about it. And it's also just the plot of it. So I'm not giving anything away, but I really thought that she was going to be the girl who gets on the train. I thought that that's how they were doing it. And this, but it's also like, they take in such the seedier side of South Korea with the homeless and the fact that she was in a brothel. She ran away from home, she was in a brothel. And then the boyfriend is like, not trying to get a job, but just straight up trying to pimp her. Without even getting a permission. I actually said it was the bleakest movie mm-hmm. I had ever seen. And then yeah. it got bleaker. Yes. And like, I I was actually like, I know the way usually you'd be like, oh, I really hope they survive and stuff like this. But I was like, the way this movie is going to be so good because like, it's just so bleak is if she doesn't mm-hmm. survive. And I yeah. was like, when she turned, I was like, there it is it's like she got her retribution by being a zombie she did yeah yeah it was she had to die to get what she wanted um but it went there and it's kind of sad because like they're not knowing like she doesn't know that she actually got her retribution do you know what I mean yeah oh yeah yeah just this like zombie kind of like 
all she's brainless he, just ate to yeah, eat. he was there like mm-hmm. for her it was convenience and for us we're like yes she got it she got the guy who did it and it's kind of like yeah. oh, actually in a way so it's I, it's just it's a actually, warm body there to buy like, yeah bleaker than bleak it's just the bleakest of all bleaks. yeah yeah um and it's like she was such a weak person when she was alive i was it, like trying to get the boyfriend who did try to pimp her out to save her she keeps yeah. ringing him for help and she keeps talking to him like uh, when she's walking going i need you to help me i need you yes. to get me and i'm like oh my god woman this guy left you like uh, an hour or so ago to become homeless Mm-hmm. Um, and he tried to pimp you out and then he hit you like when you were refusing and, and then you want to and she just seems like she couldn't defend herself that, or she mm. was that was the only person she had there mm. but as well yeah even in her her way of trying to get out and like it, she didn't help herself much no she no. kept following yeah. a man who uh, any man first she followed the the other homeless man everywhere he went she went with him and then when the guy managed to shimmy up and get away from people she followed him like she saw his idea now of course yeah. it's smart you're following someone who's like mm-hmm. successfully getting away you, you would follow them but I just feel like if she wasn't scrappy she wasn't like this yeah. is what I'm going to do I can survive by myself whatever no, she, she wasn't was just gonna like be I'm going to follow all the people to help me yeah no, 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 no. it was very much convenience that she survived yeah yeah um and sadly like along the way people had to die for her to survive or helping her out they died yeah yeah quite a few Warren said that as well he was like really hoping really fucking hope she survives now after that guy dying and I was like yeah yeah Yeah. but she became stronger as a zombie yeah but in an unconscious way oh yeah she so, does not know that yeah. yeah she's not gaining her strength back mentally or anything she's lost all her mental faculties and uh, she just gets strength and that for the want to bite the flesh yeah yeah but it's a great person that she got to do too so yes couldn't have been a better person yeah. who was on top of her for her to bite Definitely. Um, but yeah like that's what I find sometimes in anime. That's what I'm saying, like with Perfect Blue. They go into a bleaker topic that I think is going to be harder to portray in live action. I, I feel like as if people with facial expression, I just don't know. They don't seem to ever really attempt it too much with them, with regular films. Mm-hmm. These really bleak. I don't know whether the anime softens it, whether the fact that it's an animation, it's, you know, it's maybe where it's easier to think that this won't happen to us because it's animated. It's not real people doing it. It's like a cartoon. So you can do whatever you want with your themes and your subjects. Definitely go and watch it. Um, Yeah, so our 100 movies... 100 horror movies. Yes. So this week we were looking at the L classic, The Exorcist, which I have to say, like, even though it's in 1973, on on however many rewatches, it never stops getting scary and it never gets old. So just a quick little synopsis from IMDb. When a 12-year-old girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her. And I don't know about you, but on the rewatch, I forgot how much detail they go into beforehand, before anything ever happens. And one of the main things that really stuck out for me is how Father Carras looks like 
Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Like yeah, he's yeah. in the gray tracksuit. He's boxing. He's got the, you know, I just want to hear him scream. Instead of Adrian going, Magdalene <laughs> at the top of the stair, like after running up, because he's looks like a boxer in training. But that's the whole like, thing. I know you're kind of getting out of the priesthood. Is that what? He is the boxer though, isn't he? Like he actually is training for boxing. And then at one stage, somebody comes up mm. to him and he's like, oh, you must be Father Karras. And he's like, oh, how did you know? And they were like, they told me to look for the priest who looks like a boxer. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, and it's uh, so yeah. perfect. Then, the gray tracksuit and everything, as you say, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it, it's like, I want to see Rocky Balboa get uh, possessed and Father Karras has to, go and the take the demon out never, and then they have to like box it. it out be amazing yeah yeah and oh <laughs> take it's like the possessed and soul hold it's the, me back it's the demon of i can't remember his name but he's the russian guy from the second film of rocky um and he's like, he says to Rocky, he goes, I must break you. And I just feel like as if he breaks him, gets into his body, possesses him, nests of the father Karras to save his soul and duke it out, demon to boxing priest. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I had, I actually think on more than one occasion, I've said that, look, uh, I understand the whole thing with the exorcist and obviously that it's an absolute classic mm-hmm. but that it just didn't scare me as much um when I watched it this time I was really scared and I was like oh when the, every time I saw the stairs I was like is this gonna, is this gonna be it I was just like oh god I'm definitely as I get older getting more and more terrified of absolutely everything Mm. we know more things about the world and we know to be more afraid of things I find like when you're a teenager like I'm fine I'm invincible this is grand and um, I think as well you were saying something kind of similar when we were talking to the guys in Plastic Fangs podcast mm-hmm. and you said the first time you saw Texas Chainsaw you were a bit like oh I thought no. it was boring and I spent the whole film like taking the piss and yeah. I now look back and I'm like oh god no could you imagine that you're here looking for help and then they attack you and kill your friends and wear their faces yeah and a part of me was a bit like that with the exorcist mm-hmm. and I was a bit like yeah okay it's that pukey girl it was, you know, it was one of the firsts. It was one of the greats. But now I don't know what has changed or what has clicked. I don't know. Is it because we are looking at things a little bit more critically and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. That I did look at it and go, oh, my God. Yeah. And I genuinely was scared in part. Yes. It never, ever, the tension in it. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's so pure mm. in its fear factor. It's a lovely, innocent girl. She's having the crack with her mom. They get on so well. The mom's so well. Yeah, she's like, mom and dad, they get on so well. They're even messing about with the Ouija board, like messing about with the Ouija board, like for the love of God. Absolutely. Um, yeah, oh yeah, no, no, no. Um, and she's got her like imaginary friend and all that. What's it? Something Howdy? Mr. Captain Howdy. Mr. Oh, Howdy, yeah. Yeah. Captain Howdy, yeah. And and like, it's all just very fun and games. And then it's just like, the mom is also, not only is she a great mother, but she's right. an actress. It's all fun and games until you get possessed. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what every babysitter goes with. Yeah, no, F that. Ouija boy. Yeah. Absolutely not. But no. Delighted I know it came up on the list. Though. 
No, 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 no. What about the Barbie one? No. Okay. No, right then. No. Um, but like that film is just net like I just can't and, and I hear that they're gonna be making a remake of it, and that truly gets at my goat because I'm like if a film needed an update, if it, you know, you could expand on some themes, if you could work on something that they didn't get in the original, or if the time that it was in, it was restrained, it was restricted due to censorship laws, and there are further ways it could have been pushed, then I'm all for a new viewing of it in a different, you know, way and manner. But The Exorcist is gold. It's untouchable. And I worry for what a remake could be like. Yeah, yeah. I am... I'm all for remakes and I'm actually quite a fan of remakes. Um, so it doesn't. Like one of, of my favorite films is The Thing and that's a remake. Like that's yeah. what I mean. If it's going to be slightly changing the way that it was done the first time, then yeah, it could be brilliant. Yeah. It's going to be a wait and see. Mm, true. 100%. Hopefully we'll be able to see it in the cinema. That'd be great. Oh God, that would like in America, everything's opening back up again. Even in the UK, stuff is back opening back up again, and like it's very frustrating. It's quite frustrating. here in Ireland. Mm. Yeah, but we're getting there. It's okay. slowly but surely. Yeah. yeah, we will be there. Yeah. So for our next episode, yes, we're being delightfully demure in our topics. We really are. Yeah. So no, we basically we have something possibly in the pipeline. And if it works out, it's going to be very exciting. Um, so don't fear. Never. So fear. follow us on Instagram um, because you're home with an underscore in between every word. And we are also on Facebook on because you're home podcast. And you can get us on all of the listening devices and apps. But if you were listening to this, you know that. So <laughs> fair play. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to us on Apple, we would really appreciate um a review. Um and if you could follow us on any of your any other platform that you're on as well, that would be amazing. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And we will chat to you next week. Bye. Bye. I've lost your